On overseas trips, he was accosted by the press and written up in a half a dozen languages across the continent. His morals were called into question. Quote, utterly corrupt, raged one New York Times critic. But over time, his detractors tended to be mocked as Puritans and killjoys. The sexually swinging era that followed Lolita's creation was not of Nabokov's making, but its mores helped influence the perception of the book in subsequent years. By the time Solzhenitsyn arrived in Germany, Lolita had become part of a stable of stories about older men with an itch for underage, promiscuous partners. Webster's, Nabokov's favorite dictionary, would eventually add Lolita's name to its pages, offering up the off-kilter definition of, quote, a precociously seductive girl. The book's linguistic richness and power vaulted it into an existence in which it took on meanings independent of its creator. In vain would Nabokov describe how his nymphette was one of the most innocent and pure among the gallery of slaves he had created as characters. To no avail would Vera remind reporters of how a captive Lolita cried herself to sleep each night. Setting aside those who thought Lolita a tease, and her author an arted-up dirty books writer, Nabokov had many other admirers among the literary set. But it was a peculiar fan club, despite their cool reverence for Lolita. Her most famous fans were prone to calling her author cruel. Best-selling novelist Joyce Carol Oates checked Nabokov for having, quote, the most amazing capacity for loathing, and, quote, a genius for dehumanizing. And this from someone who liked the book. Oates's 1973 comment was not even the first shot across the bow. Many others, before and after, took up the same cry, from John Updike, who acknowledged the difficulty of distinguishing the callousness of Nabokov's characters from their author's, quote, zest for describing deformity and pain to Martin Amos, who would be even more direct decades later. Quote, Lolita is a cruel book about cruelty. Whether they were meant to praise or damn, such comments had a long history. By the time Oates's article on Lolita appeared, Nabokov's fellow writers had been describing his work as inhuman or dehumanizing for 40 years. 2. After the celebrity of Lolita, Nabokov moved to Europe, but continued to spark the American imagination. He followed up with Pale Fire, an academic satire starring Charles Kimboti, yet another tormented pedophile, along with a dead poet named John Shade. It was hailed by Mary McCarthy in the pages of The New Republic as, quote, one of the very great works of art of this century. Profiled in Life and Esquire, quote, the man who scandalized the world, Nabokov had become so popular that his 15th novel, Ada, a convoluted narrative smorgasbord of brother-sister incest, won him the cover of Time magazine, a portrait of the writer as an enigma. Before it was even published, one Hollywood mogul after another flew to Switzerland to be permitted a few hours with the manuscript. As time went on, the world came more and more to Nabokov, 
and he went less and less into the world. Despite occasional thoughts of moving elsewhere, he ended up settling with Vera into a protected existence in Montreux. He welcomed visitors for what he called interviews, giving written answers to questions submitted in advance, and trying to restrain the untamed journalists who preferred to use words he had actually spoken aloud. When he could, he worked to script his television appearances just as completely, hiding note cards among the potted plants and teacups of a studio set. Collecting his interviews with the New York Times, the BBC, and other organizations, he revised them to be more to his liking and published the Nabokov-approved versions in a separate book. He was a man in almost perfect control of his public persona, and the persona he created was that of a reserved, jolly genius who was both a master...